Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got Justin. Hello. How are we? Outstanding. Outstanding. That's a really good way of announcing yourself. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I don't believe it, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Jesse, how are you? I miss Ryan. He's here, aren't you, Ryan? Here we so are, Ryan. Much. Hi, Ryan. Oh, I just said hi to myself. Oh, no, I messed it up. Whoops. <laughs> No, see, I can't even function without him. I'm off my game. He's not here. He's not here. out and about on the mean streets of Northampton. So he'll be back by 11 with a cocoa. Um, right, guys, this week we're going to be talking about the Champions League, and we're going to be talking. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Premier League games coming up this weekend, and some other bits and bobs of news in between. So we're going to start at Wembley Stadium. Spurs, yes, that man in the background wants to start there. Uh, Spurs won, Juventus 2, Spurs took the lead through Son, and was it two goals in three minutes for Higuain and Dybala? Um, yes, it was. A couple of things I've written down here. Juventus were only good for 20 minutes throughout the whole tie, um, and still progressed. And next to that, I've written Manchester United and Real Madrid, because I too think that they can only be good for 20 minutes of a tie, and they could still also go through in this sort of Champions League thing. So I think, you know... That's the sort of level that um, Spurs have to get to within the future. Um, Why doesn't that work on my life? Why can't I have like 20 sustained minutes of brilliance or at least competence and have that work for like just the whole day or the week? Wouldn't that be great? I've got no idea how good you are at your job though. <laughs> <laughs> I have 20 solid minutes. Yeah, a week. Yeah. I'd aspire to that. <laughs> but is that, rare? is that is that all um is that all Juventus needed and is that a fair point to make of those other two teams as well? Because I remember Real Madrid winning the Champions League last year without being particularly magnificent, and Manchester United are second in the Premier League as well somehow. Yeah, they the um, Juventus are just so experienced and calm, and uh, a lot of sides would panic a little bit going down a goal away from home, the second leg of a tie. And they've just been there before. They're battle-hardened. Um, they, they've. I know that uh, they haven't won that trophy as many times as a club of their stature should have. But those several, most of those players have been in finals, um, in semifinals, and in the biggest international competitions. And they just stay very calm. And Spurs are still new to this. Uh, they, you know, they had a dalliance in the in the Champions League a few seasons back, and. And now they're getting a little bit of a run. And um, you don't have to... I mean, you know what it reminded me of, Chris and Jesse? It reminded me of Germany in the World Cup, many multiple World Cups, where 
they not so much the last one where they were very good, but there's been a lot of times they've reached World Cup finals without playing very well, except in crucial moments. And they ran into the Dutch, I remember, in 1990, and the Dutch team was in full flight with Van Basten and Rijkaard and all that crew, and uh, the Germans had 10 or 12 good, efficient minutes, scored a goal or two, defended well. And that's what we saw from Juve. They, they defend very, very well. And they have a couple of players who are extremely dangerous. And Iguain, for all the criticism he gets, he's going to end up scoring a few hundred top-flight goals in his career. Um, and Dybala's a great young talent. And uh, that was all it took. Two Argentinians, Jesse. I can, can I just tell you? Just here's a tangent. Hi, Alan. It's me. I hope, you're, I hope your tube ride's going really well. And here's my tangent for you this week. Um, we got out a little bit early at work because we were in the middle of or a... a Justin, what do they call Bomba Bomba Genesis? Bomba Gen- our nor'easter had started. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, big... Our big storm had started, and it really started coming down thick and fast. And so, as soon as the kids left, we had one parent-teacher conference, and they said everybody go home before this gets really bad. And I stopped at the supermarket to pick up um, something for for work the next day if we were going to be there, um, and. I was on my way. I was going to get home in time for the game. I was so excited, and I was about to check out, and a woman passed out in the supermarket. And um, How rude. I, I, well, here's the rude part. She was Argentinian, and she spoke no English, and I thought, oh, I could ignore this and get home and get to the match <laughs> on time, <laughs> or I could translate for her and the EMTs who spoke no Spanish. And I really had about, as Ryan would say, a hot second of debating because I just wanted to get home and watch this match. But I stopped and for half an hour was translating um, for this Argentinian woman. And now I feel like this was some backwards Argentinian karma. Did it have to be Egoin and Diwala? Like, I want to call them and say, you guys, I did your people a good deed. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, really? What did you do for me? So are you seeing this lady again? Is this the start of a beautiful friendship? Nadia? No, but I do. If anybody um, from Argentina is looking for Nadia, she's okay. Um, it turned out to be a hiatal hernia, and she's fine. It was not a heart attack. Oh, so she didn't um, even faint for anything decent then? No, and by the way, when you are visiting New York from Argentina, bring a winter jacket. It is cold here, and I understand that you're visiting from Buenos Aires where there is no winter, but it is winter here still in new york just do your due diligence and check the weather report because yes it's going to be snowing um anyway i do agree though with justin that um i think though that that the difference is it's that it's not 20 minutes of talent or brilliance and then you know 70 minutes of panic or of of nothing i think it's what they do with the rest of their time that matters well, it's 180 minutes time. isn't it Thank you. I'm not good at math. This is why I teach small children. <laughs> Come on now. No, I mean, they were, um, they were, it was just the 20 minutes of the two ties that they were really sort of good for. Well, what they it? did with the rest of it was really strategic. You know, they don't panic and they don't leave holes. Um, they do sit back and they do know who they're up against. Um, and I hate saying that. But, you know, when you have, first of all, when you have Buffon back there, you're automatically a step ahead. Um, and I think the same with the Gea, you know, you can't discount what that means to either um, Manchester United or Juve. Um, but 
outside of those 20 minutes of scoring time, these are two teams that are going to be very hard to score against. You should feel encouraged by this season's Champions League campaign. You came top of your group. That included Dortmund and Real Madrid. You won and you beat Real Madrid at Wembley and drew at the Bernabeu, didn't you? And to be yeah, honest, think... you've, I mean, looking at Juventus' stats, they've, you drew at Juventus' uh, Juve Arena and Juventus have conceded four goals in 21 games in all competitions and Spurs scored 75% of those goals. So I think you've done all right, haven't you? Really proud of. Um, I think somebody should call Chiellini and uh, tell him to think before he speaks. Um, but he's right, isn't he? Is he? He said, what did he say? He said Spurs were mentally weak, didn't he? Or along those lines. He, he basically said you're very Spursy. Mm, I'm proud of it. He's we right. like our Spursiness. <laughs> was he right, Justin? I, I I don't. Did he say that in English, or was it just translated that way? No, he was speaking in English. Okay, well then it's not his first language, so I I don't know <laughs> if he meant it. I don't know if he meant that as insulting as it sounds. I think I think this is Juve though. Who like how many have they won? We're back, well, right. And but what I was say is that that he he might just be saying um, maybe just a tiny bit naive or or inexperienced is what you could level against Spurs. I, I saw some criticism. Well, Pochettino saying that he didn't change it, that Allegri made the right changes, and that he didn't. But Spurs didn't need to change anything. They were ahead in the tie. They were there were very few chances for Juve before the two goals, and the two goals came so fast there wasn't yeah. time to change anything. If there had been one goal that equalized on the night, um, and and would Spurs still ahead on the away goal rule? But but if the, if the second goal hadn't come so quickly. I would have been interested to see if he would have then changed and, and tried to sort of clog up the midfield a little bit and, and slow down Juve's counterattack. But they were getting joy out of continuing to attack and playing the way they play and Dembele carrying the ball um, with with speed and power and, and creating chances. It just happened so fast, two quick goals, and now you've got no choice but to keep attacking because now you're behind in the tie. Which I think we did really well. Those last 30 yeah, minutes were sustained right. attack and pressure and, and a lot of shots. Yeah, I agree. I just don't really, I didn't didn't really see it as a as a failure of nerve or or will on, on Spurs' part. I think they just Juve were just that little bit too savvy for them. Well, they were half an inch from scoring at the very end when Barzagli cleared that Harry Kane shot. But you know that I mean, you saw them sort of headbutting each other and roaring like rutting stags. You know that sort of Chiellini, Buffon, and Barzagli. You know that they are cut out for. Alamo type defending, don't you? They celebrate defending. You don't. You don't see that a lot. There. It is good, isn't defending. it? Yeah, it's good to see. But I had this. I think Barzagli also like that was. He was a little bit lucky not to have gotten caught in in that one challenge. Oh, the stamp on Sun. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose Vatonga was lucky not to get a penalty given against him. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. You had a theory. <laughs> No, I had a little debate with somebody who said who was accusing Spurs of having blown it and being Spursy. And yeah, we heard, we heard bottled it a lot. Yeah, th- this this person said that they had a a two goal cushion, and that's not true. They didn't. They were ahead by a goal on aggregate, and they had the away goal law in their advantage, so that if they'd conceded just one, they would still go through in the tie. But that doesn't equal an entire goal because conceding two put them out. Whereas right. a genuine two goal cushion, if you concede two, now you're on even terms. 
Right. So I, it drives me crazy. People still don't understand the away goals rule. It, it, the, my least favorite thing is when the away side in a first leg wins 1-0 and they'll call it a crucial away goal. And that team cannot, in fact, win the tie on the away goals law, having won the first leg 1-0 away. You can't, can't do it. They can only <laughs> win on aggregate. The other side can still win on away goals, but not the side that's won the away leg 1-0. That's my least team. favorite thing is spiders, but I also agree with that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if Chiellini was actually that good, would he need to be in a position to make those last-ditch tackles? Well, see, that's that's always the that's an interesting point because that was the you used to hear a lot of people make that claim when they talked about the difference between Rio Ferdinand and, and John Terry. Rio Ferdinand very rarely tackled, almost never last ditch tackled. But last ditch tackling is dramatic and exciting, and it's very noticeable, and so it looks like outstanding defending. But it does, you, and, and please don't at me, Chelsea fans. But there is something. There is something. Ryan, to, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Get on this. <laughs> there is something to that. I think to some degree, Chiellini's really good, though. I, I I'm not going to level that charge against him. <laughs> uh, Jesse, a bit of consolation for you. It's only the third time a team that's drawn. 2-2 away from home in the first leg has gone out of the Champions League. So, you know, you've made history. I don't... I, again, I, I agree with you guys. I think that this is um, this is a positive um, in the way we played. I, I, I'm just a little worried that we have... You know, we've picked up another injury um, and the exhaustion factor that I think, you know, you can't discount what that, what that does now in the Premier League. Well... Next year away to Bournemouth uh, in the Harry Redknapp derby. Um, with this game, Pochettino will draw level with Redknapp as managing Spurs 144 times. Um, Eric dies down. Toby is back in training. Love. Toby's been back in training for a long time. Give the man a contract. <laughs> um, these are the teams with the two best Premier League records currently. And Harry Kane has got six in four versus Bournemouth, Jesse. So, deep breaths. I don't know. Deep breaths. No. <laughs> Puff out that chest of yours. Close your eyes and scream. Oh, did it work last time you made me do it? Oh, it did. But last time I didn't say it. Remember? So now, now you need. Worked. So. Last time I think Justin said it. Justin, what do you think? I'm not saying it. <laughs> Why? Well, okay. well, I just no, I just don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. I don't know. It's Bournemouth. He doesn't want to jinx. Well, but we need Dyer. We do. Guys, hmm. for everybody who can't see this, Chris is making funny eyebrows. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking he's and, becoming a bit more nominative determinism as the um, season goes on. Well, and and Jan has a, has a dodgy elbow. Um, you know, like so many do. Um, I don't know. And Burnmouth, like, you just don't... Again, they're one of these teams that every time we say it's going to be fine, they, like, pull a Burnmouth and they do something just annoyingly good. Where they are in the table. I, I, I seem to feel that they're sort of in that middle table. That's what I mean. Remember, they surprise us and we have to talk about how much they, you know, how well they did and how annoying it is. Yeah, they are. Remember their game against Chelsea? We hated it. I mean, Ryan hated that. I liked it. They're 12th on 33 more, points. One more, they're a side that if your side is playing them, you're worried. But if your rivals are playing them, you're 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 thinking, oh, they'll get smashed. And right. You're, you're all disappointed when they don't produce against yeah. your rivals. 
Exactly. Um, well, look, speaking of rivals, it is Liverpool nil, Porto nil. The only really things I wrote down in this was nobody injured, exclamation mark, which made me very relieved. Uh, Sadio Mane hit the post, but Icacias had a very nice welcome from the cop, didn't he? They cheered him as he walked down towards them. Uh, and he's, is, that, is, is this his last Champions League appearance? Is he retiring at the end of the season? I don't know. I always think he's got a touch of the Joaquin Phoenixes about him. In in what way? He looks like him. He does he does weird mockumentaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like him. He's gonna retire and then say this whole I'm not really a goalie, I've been an actor this entire yeah. time. <laughs> and everyone's gonna say, Oh, that, that's so many things make sense. Hey, he was in a really good film with Russell Crowe. Iker Casillas, yes, I yeah. remember that well. <laughs> yeah. That one where he fought against the Lions. <clears throat> that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm Spartacus and so is my wife. Justin. Yes. Did you see the Barca Atletico match? Uh, just the highlights. Um, Ray Hudson is never a highlight for me. Um, I feel like he could be watching like a, I don't know, Galatasaray Fenerbahce match and find a way to talk about how Messi is the most brilliant player on the field. But... He said that, um, I'm going to say his name wrong, and I already feel guilty about it. Go on, go on. I can't I, wait to correct it's you. Gonna, I just, how, how would you guys say the name of Atletico's goalkeeper? Jan Oblak. Yeah. Oblak. Yeah, Oblak. Every time I say it, it sounds like I'm saying the rugby team, like all black. All black. No. Um, he said that Oblak is is one of the best keepers in in um, Premier League's history. History. Yeah. Premier League. Primera in the Premier oh, League. La Liga. So I, in La Liga. Um. So and then he was playing against Tersegan. So so that just popped into my head because I feel like I've been waiting to ask you about this this entire time. He's very he's very good. Um. That club has been spoiled for goalkeepers in the last decade. Um, yeah, you know, if you go back in La Liga history, um, they, they've produced a certain kind of goalkeeper, um, and a, a lot of a lot of the technical uh, goalkeeping that we see in one v one situations today, what we call a barrier or K barrier or uh, a blocking position, comes from Spanish goalkeepers primarily. Um, yeah, Black's extremely good. I would I would say he's got to log a few more seasons of this level to be considered in all time uh, perspective. But he's very good. I, I think managers are given to that kind of, uh, sorry, commentators are given to that kind of hyperbole, and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, it's not without some merit. He's he's very good. I don't think Ray Hudson hyperbolizes at all. <laughs> yeah, for for anybody that doesn't have hasn't heard him as a as a commentator, he's he's a little bit over the top. I have heard it. Yeah, I I watched um, a classico on YouTube, and I think it must have been him that was commentating. Ugh. Yeah, I would imagine he gets very. I excited. just keep wanting to tell him to use his indoor voice. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, Liverpool next are away to Manchester United. I hate this fixture. Hate, 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 hate this fixture. Um, particularly the fact that it's Old Trafford because I always think we're going to lose. 
Uh, this is the Paul Lynch derby, isn't it? It's the early kickoff on Saturday. Um, Eric Bay and uh, Marin Flaney, he's been linked with PSG this week, is he? Or someone, he's been linked with someone pretty big this week, hasn't he? Uh, I think yeah. even I've been linked with PSG at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't been? Although Cavani has apparently, his agent has been in talks about getting him out. So, But would you really bring in Fellaini? Uh, no. I mean, I know they have a thing about hair. Like, everyone there has great hair. Maybe that's what I can't imagine any other reason except for like wanting to share a conditioner with Rabio. They they are missing a a better version of Fellaini. Fellaini's not the answer, but they are missing the kind of player he is. I mean, we we've seen it now multiple years in a row in the Champions League when they they waltz through their domestic league and then they go out. <laughs> You're getting ahead the, of my agenda. Okay, oh. sorry. So, well, are, well, I got it written could, down on a piece of paper all here. Of the Champions League or of what PSG need? Is that what we're talking about then? What are we getting into? We are um, we are at Liverpool versus Manchester United. Or Manchester okay. United versus Liverpool. Sorry. Okay. Let me page, just, let page me... two is PSG. Okay. Page okay. two is PSG. Okay, all right. <laughs> so pay, now is when you say that everything's going to be fine? Is that the... This... The point now? Uh, I think it's going to be... Uh, do you know what? I think this is going to be uh, very similar to how Juventus Spurs played because you're going to get Jose part of the bus, I think, and he's going to defend and defend. They'll get a goal and they'll be able to defend that goal, I think. Um, I don't think... That's why I mentioned Manchester United earlier on because I think they've got the ability to do this. Um, but do I, you think Pogba's going to play? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, are the two grown men made up or? No, no, it's not that. He got, supposedly he left training today injured. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, I hope not then. Yeah. (laughs) I hope, well, I don't, I don't wish him for an injury. I hope he's got, you know, his car won't start tomorrow or something like that. It's, it's such an interesting fixture because it's this, this fixture, the way it's covered and the way these two teams are portrayed really shows the power of subjective appreciation of aesthetics because if you just go by um, general public perception of these two sides, you would assume that Liverpool are the far superior team and that is not borne out by results. We're two points behind them in the league. They've been behind them for most of the season, just by a point or two recently, but uh, in general, Manchester United have proven to be very difficult to beat and capable of winning games. That that is ultimately the bottom line. I don't think anybody would ever attempt to argue that that Klopp's football isn't more attractive. It's a hundred times more attractive. Liverpool are great to watch. Yeah. Um, partly because they give the other side opportunities too. Um, whereas you Manchester United is all about limiting the other side's opportunities. Now, Michael Cox, our friend Michael Cox, zonal marking, made a very good point during the week, and he said. If you overwhelm, if you, if your objective is to overwhelm the opposition with your offensive ability and and create 16, 18, 20 good chances in a match, you may then concede only two or three chances yourself. But those are chances, and the other side may take them, and you may drop points. Whereas Jose's approach is has always been more create three or four good chances and limit the opposition to literally none. Um, and and you can't lose. And he hasn't really been able to do that at Manchester United as successfully as he did at Chelsea because he had a better squad for the most part at Chelsea, more balanced squad. He has relied on De Gea, as as Jesse referred to earlier. But it'll be very interesting. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool just haven't missed a beat 
with Coutinho going out. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the one thing they they miss is his long range shooting ability um, when sides play deep. But that's never helped against Manchester United anyway, because probably five of De Gea's ten best saves were from Coutinho shots <laughs> from around the top of the box over the over the last three or four seasons. So. We'll see. I, I don't think they can keep a clean sheet, though, Chris. I do think Liverpool will score um, as, as well as United will try to defend and as, and as pragmatically as Jose will set up. Uh, that's, there's just too much pace and too much ability in, in Liverpool's front players. And Salah, you can have three players around Mo Salah, and he'll find a way to wriggle through them and, and get his shot. So I, I see it as a, a low-scoring game, but a scoring game. Yeah, well, I think part of that also is... Sorry, Chris. No, after you. I think part of that is also how um, both how unselfish Liverpool players have been and how many opportunities um, they take, like Justin said, and also they've really been lucky in how many of their like I I'm not a stats person because I don't look up stats like you guys. Hello, there's an obvious sentence that I have just created, um, but I'd be interested to know how many of your players have have scored goals this season. Like you know the fact that you are not relying only on Mo Salah when you have Mo Salah in your team, I think says a lot about your team. You know, I think Sané has been phenomenal. Firmino does his Firmino-ness. But, you know, you really get goals from a lot of your players. Chris, my perception, Liverpool fans have, um, some Liverpool fans feel Sané has not actually had a great season, or I know he's come in for some some criticism. Sorry, Mane. Um, Have they? I've not seen that. I mean, it's it's hard because you've got... I've just seen got... it on Twitter. I, I know Twitter doesn't really represent the uh, the bulk of fans, but, but uh, he's, he's had what, I, what seems to me a great season, but maybe, perhaps maybe just a little bit slow in the first half of the season. Yeah, I, I think, to be fair, um, it's hard when Salah is scoring so many. I mean, I'll just say he's, he's scored in his last five Premier League matches, so you've got him humping them in all over the place. Then you've got Roberto Firmino, who he's flashy with his goals. He can do his no-look passes into the net and yeah. all that sort of thing. And they get a lot of the attention and people then sort of look at Mane and think, well, what does he do? But I think that for all three to function, for one to function, the other two have to function for them as well. I mean, it's it's quite a selfless way of playing. Um, and, you know, you look at Salah and all the goals he's scored. Uh, yes, he's taking his chances, but there's a great deal of selfless play between the three of them and the other players further back to get him into those positions. Yeah, I think that's a testament to Klopp. He's he's got them all bought in to his system, his style, how he wants them to play. And Firmino does an an amazing amount of work for his for his teammates, drags defenders out of position and, and makes selfless runs and uh, and is a is a good hold up striker without really having that physique that you normally associate with that um who saw That's the, the teeth who saw the boy write the letter to um who told andrew robertson this week write the letter to the boy i did not uh andrew robertson reading his local paper or something like that liverpool left back has um saw a story about a young 10 year old boy donating his pocket money to food banks um over the course of a few sort of weeks or so and Andrew Robertson thought this was a lovely touch and wrote a letter to the boy saying what a wonderful thing he'd done because the boy had expected nothing in return but still did this wonderful gesture. Um, and please accept a signed match shirt of Roberto Firmino because nobody wants an Andrew Robertson shirt. Oh. <laughs> Which is very kind. Right, guys, page two. 
Page two, PSG. P- PSG, yes. Paris Saint Germain won Real Madrid two. Um, Edison Cavani scored for uh, Paris Saint Germain. Sorry, who did? Could you? Sorry, could you repeat that? Who 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 scored? Edison Cavani. Cavani. And 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 where is he from? Uruguay. Uh huh. Yeah. Just I just needed to. Uh, or you are gay, as Homer sure said. Sure, that was uh, heard. Thank you. Edison Cavani scored. Edison Cavani. Thank you. Great. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Justin, scored. Did you get that? Did you hear who scored for PSG? I heard that. Great. Mm. Just checking. <laughs> Casemiro scored. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 22nd goal in his last 13 Champions League appearances. What a header that was. Is he? He's a very underrated header of the ball, isn't he, Cristiano Ronaldo? Incredible header of the ball. He hung. He hangs in the air like that, and he's very, very brave. He snaps his head and face into places where you see a lot of big, burly traditional number nines be a little hesitant to do there's a goal he scored about a, almost a decade ago now for manchester united in champions league tie a champions league game at roma yeah um, where paul stoke paul Scholes stood up a little chipped cross and 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 ronaldo just comes flying in and it's extremely brave and and you're right it's an underrated part of his game i think he's a much more physical player i think that anybody gives him credit for even i do well, he's become that. Yeah, he, he, he's not quite the the flying winger he once once was, and and uh, so now he's he's much bigger than he's he's much taller and longer limbed than you think of him being, yeah. and he's very capable of holding players off and doing all that stuff. He's just a strong guy. I suggest this to Ryan in the past that he's possibly the most physically fit footballer. Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard to know. It's hard to make that comparison because no one else takes their shirts off as much. Right, right. So, you know, it's hard. Oh, uh, fair enough. Okay, I'm going just as far as just he's more physically able than Neil Ruddock whatever was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think Troy Deeney's up there. <clears throat> um, so Zidane triumphs back in uh, Paris again. Plucky Real Madrid against these big Qatari upstarts. Um. What do PSG do about this? Because they keep getting to this ceiling in the Champions League. This is very much similar to Spurs, isn't it? I mean, what do they do? They need a new manager. Do they need to reduce the cliques in their dressing room? Do they need to throw another heap load of money at players to come in? Or do they need to sell Neymar? What do they need to do? Um, I had a conversation about this um, a couple of days ago. That, And I, I could very well be wrong. Um, but... I think, and I don't know what the, what the answer is if I'm right, but I think part of this is that they win so handily um, in, and I'm not going to say league uh, correct with my terrible French accent, but um, that Ooh. when they play, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, when they play against other teams, you know, they it, it, in a way is what I compared it to, which is a terrible comparison. But in a way, it's like when the United States, you know, play in, in qualifications and they're and they're winning six one against the likes of Haiti. Um, you know, that doesn't set you up for playing then against anyone else in the World Cup. You know, you don't know what it's like then to play against England. That's a great comparison. Um, Who have the United States got in their group in the World Cup this year? Italy. Uh, Chile Um, you know but but there's no they almost you know it's why it's why you set up friendlies you know so you can learn how to play against 
Italy. Um, and PSG cannot set up friendlies against, um, you know, Liverpool and Manchester United because so they're they're playing against these teams that are not going to give them any kind of pressure. And the fact is, they're yes, do they have a gajillion bajillion francs or euros? Yes, and they have an incredible bench. And when you can spend so much money on Mbappe and and barely play him, I mean that's incredible luxury but that's clearly not helping them so i have no idea what the solution is unless it's like some real you know young talent that they foster and mature and push and uh grow from the studs up um and and, oh maybe i don't know um well, it's similar. I think Justin makes a good point. I remember Roy Keane said this about Manchester United in the 90s, is that they would beat Charlton 4-0 on Wednesday and beat West Ham 5-0 on Sunday and then have to play Juventus with, with Pavel Nedved and Edgar Davids and Zinedine Zidane the following Wednesday. And it, it when the disparity between your domestic league and what you're facing in the Champions League is so great, yeah, there's there is possibly that problem but i think that there are a lot of problems in in, in throughout that squad that you, chris you mentioned the cliques and divisions and things and i think this is where manchester city were say three or four years ago um where throwing a lot of money um at a side you get a quick improvement you become elite domestically but it takes a long time then for that to distill into something uh, more meaningful on an, on an international level and I like Unai Emery myself, personally. I, I don't know that he's the right manager for the job just because he has had a few cracks at this now. And was at anybody surprised? I mean, early in the first leg of the tie in Madrid at Bernabeu, they score, they go ahead, they take the lead. And for a brief, for that little bit of time, I thought, maybe this is it. This is a new PSG. And what I've talked about in past seasons, they've been undone by their goalkeeping. Ariola was very good in both legs of this tie. Um... Yours, Kevin Trapp, was a disaster last year against Barcelona. So that even wasn't a problem. That, to me, just leaves... How did City take the next step? They took it with Pep. I, I don't know. There's not another manager of that caliber out there that's available. But I, I think they will... In addition to getting Mo Salah, I think they will be looking at some point to, to strengthen uh, you know, from the from the manager's box. But you're I not... think it's caliber and also respect, though. Like, these are players that, you know, he's now had to deal with those cliques and these this infighting at, at too many times. So yeah, clearly, that's why like, he's done a good job, and I like him. I just think he's gone as far as he can. Right. So I, I'm not sure. Like, it, it, they almost need somebody who is both a, a skilled manager and somebody who will come in and say, like, you know, in French cut the bullshit like sit down and stop and be grown-ups how would you say that in french i don't know um anybody no no justin did you take french nope no i mean and listen no he doesn't have to say it in french he needs to say it in spanish and portuguese how do you say it in spanish um is what he needs to do and then he needs to repeat it even louder in portuguese i think is what you know the issue is because they're perfectly capable they just need to like pull on their big boy pants and but at the start of the season if you're offered Neymar and Kylian Mbappe you're not going to say no are you but they're not the players they need to sort out their sort of 
issues within the squad and to get them further within the Champions League. Yeah, I'm surprised that they, two seasons ago, I was surprised they didn't make a bigger push for N'Golo Kante mm. um, or a player like that. But I, I wonder if they are falling into the same trap that, that Madrid has fallen into in recent years, which is sort of buying players in order to satisfy the supporters rather than um, actually filling needs in the squad. Um, and so killing Mbappe just adds to the attacking riches they already have, whereas they could use a little help further back in the pitch. I think Kylian Mbappe is phenomenally talented um, and an utter waste with the squad that they have. Um, and I think that Neymar is using this as a way station. Yeah, we're starting to hear that, aren't we? There's real talk about him now potentially moving on already. I don't know yeah. what's behind it, but we're hearing it. Their fans certainly gave, PSG, uh, certainly gave uh, Real Madrid a bit of an overnight welcome, didn't they? Did you see these scenes? I didn't. And the PSG ultras outside the Real Madrid hotel tills of two, three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I think that that I wonder if that works anymore because all the players are just on their headphones anyway. Oh yeah, and I'm sure they're like noise canceling, fancy, right? You right. know, whatever. Exactly. White noise machines. Uh, and finally, the Champions League: Manchester City one, Basel two. Is it a big deal that they lost at home for the first time? I think since about 2016, December. Or is this just, you know, they didn't really care they were through anyway? I mean, they, they didn't play their, their strongest 11, obviously. Yeah. It does, it, it's it's not a big deal. But it, you one thing it may do is give whoever has to go there next just that little bit of belief that, that they can be beat, which they can. Okay. Uh, and again, I, I think I said this after the first leg. The first leg, which they won 4-0, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That actually concerned me. I, I After that game, I had less belief that... that they are one of the favorites to win the Champions League because of the chances they gave Basel, which they didn't take. And then, and then of course, they lose this game. And But they gave them more than just those two chances, too. They they continue to be a little bit vulnerable to just a simple ball hoofed over the top. Um, I, I've just got them a tiny notch down now from my favorites category to, to win the whole thing. Well, look, they're away to Stoke in the Mike Sheeran derby on Monday, uh, next up for Manchester City. Um, Stoke versus Manchester City in the last seven games in the Premier League have kept clean, three clean sheets, but have conceded 19 goals in the other four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your face suggests, Jesse, that it might not, it might be uh, a bit more than 19 come uh, Monday night. Uh, well, yes, but also that's just like... I feel like that's just a way to mess with uh, statisticians' heads. That's such a... <laughs> funky piece of trivia there well can they do a Wade Stoke on a Monday night I got a feeling they probably could do couldn't they yes <laughs> Justin's like that's just why would you even ask that question but you know it's fun to watch it'll be fun to watch because Shakiri is a strange human potato hybrid with a, a, a magic wand of a left foot and, <laughs> you never and know. also no shits given hi Jared happy birthday Jared um that's there's there's that was like nine curses um yeah, Shakiri does not care. He looks very overweight all the while, doesn't he? I yes, will not fat shame him. But he just, he goes into challenges like he has never heard of a yellow card. That man, he is fearless and dumb. And it makes for some really exciting games. Uh, Arsenal were linked to an action this week in Europe, weren't they? After uh, having a rather poor domestic run, they went and 
this? I mean, this is quite. Un- we say we talk about Spursy, don't we? Uh, Arsenal go on a bad run, and then all of a sudden they go and do something like this. This is quite Arsenal,ly isn't it? It is. I like it, that it comparison, long- Christopher. <laughs> yeah, it, it took a long time. I mean, they 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 strung together four pretty miserable performances and results, uh, but yesterday was good. Milan, people have talked a lot about Milan and the improvements under Gattuso and all that. You can see they still have a long way to go. They were, honestly, they were barely in that game at all. It could have been a more comfortable win win for Arsenal, but that's a good result for Arsenal. No, definitely. It's the first defeat in 13 for um, Milan. Um, And it's the first win of an opening tie um, in the last 16 competition for Arsenal since 2011. Going back in, into Europe. And they next are uh, home to Watford in the Stephen Hughes derby. Now, who remembers this fixture the first time around when they played Watford? This was the game where uh, they lost and everyone um, waxed lyrical about Troy Deeney because he came out afterwards saying that Arsenal sort of lacked the cojones, which uh, Wenger has mentioned this week, hasn't he? He's using that as a little bit of extra motivation for his players. Yeah, I bet Troy Deeney's really scared of the retribution <laughs> that will be coming his way from ferocious Arsenal tacklers. Gunasaurus is onto him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is the Kalisinich, I guess. He's a he's a big unit, but um, I think you can kind of get away with saying that sort of thing these days. You have to be careful, though, about saying something like that, though, don't you? Because there is always going to be a next time. Have you ever... I mean, when you played, did you ever sledge players or did they ever sledge you? No. What I is mean, sledge? Uh, sort of verbal abuse. Australians call it mental disintegration. It's, it's really crazy for a goalkeeper to do that. If you open your mouth to an opponent, one, they could score, and two, they can leave the boot in on you as you are forced, because of the responsibilities of your job, to throw your body into a, a pack of feet. So I tended to kill them with kindness. I was I was always sort of to the other extreme, uh, because why... Why have one more person out there who wants to kick you in the head? <laughs> That's very true. Roy, uh, Rhea Ferdinand said that he can never do it as a defender either because the moment he says that to an opposition striker and they go and score, you look a bit of yeah. a chump. Right, right. Um, I don't think Troy Deeney has a great deal to worry about in terms of retribution physically for him. Well, was... he, you can get away with it if you're... He's a big fella. You can get away yeah. with He's it. He's also been doing quite well, Troy Deeney. Yeah. Well, we're a Troy Deeney fan club, this, this pod. We, I think established somehow, that. that's what we think. I become. don't know why. I suspect it's slightly ironic I... uh, to some degree. Uh, is it, it's just genuine, Chris, yeah? I really like him. Uh, everyone deserves a second chance, as, you know, as well, Lord and Father teaches everyone us. everyone with an asterisk? Who's the asterisk, then? Chad Evans? I don't know. Like, that, I don't know. Oh, I'm really no. conflicted about that, because... He got. He was not guilty in the Andy end, was Carroll. he? Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. Yes. Does not okay. Deserve a fourth chance. No. Okay. Andy Carroll doesn't. Um... Oh, Chad Evans. He was found not guilty in the end, wasn't he? We did this. We won't do. It we again. did this, so... didn't we? Let's not go into this because it's a, <laughs> it's a giant wormhole. We're going to go down. I mean, even if he, even if he was guilty, everyone, you know, he's gone to prison and served his time, and everyone deserves a second chance, don't they? Is that not what we teach in a living society? Is that not what you teach your children? Is that is that written down somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I don't know. I also teach consent. <laughs> I do. Oh, I know. I do. I know. And no means no, and you keep your hands to yourself. That's true. And you have to ask before you hug. Should we go to a less murky territory? 
Yes, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal have lost their last two Premier League games to Watford, so they must have lost this last season as well at the Emirates. I think they did, didn't they? It was 1-0 or something, wasn't it? Sounds like them. <laughs> uh, other bits of news. Barcelona beat Espanyol 4-2 um, in the Catalan Supercopa. Um won in a penalty shootout in a game that featured Usman Dembele, Yerry Mina and a young boy called Marcus McGuane, who became the first English player to represent Barcelona since... Anyone want to guess? Um, Mark Hughes is Welsh. Uh, am I being... Did Gary Lineker play at Barcelona? He did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He did. I think Johan Cruyff stuck him in the right wing, or someone stuck him in the right wing, didn't they? That's a strange choice, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, this boy's 19 years old, uh, so hopefully he's got a bright future ahead of him. Sanchez Watt. Who's heard about Sanchez Watt this week? Yeah, great what? story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did that on purpose. No, that he was asked his last name. Yeah, you think with a name like that, that's not come up before in conversation with a referee. <sighs> he just he should have he should have turned around and showed his. Shown his jersey. Do you, do you want to clarify, That's Chris, for any listeners who maybe didn't see the story? Yeah. Sanchez Watt, former Arsenal player Sanchez Watt, was playing for Helmut Hempstead in the uh, National League South. He was booked for kicking the ball away. Uh, the referee asked him his name. He said, what? The referee asked him again. He said, what? The referee asked him a third time. And he said, what? At which point the referee pulled out a second yellow and sent him off. Um, he, knew what he, he knew what he was doing. I, yeah, I, he I, could have said, my last name is yes. Watt. Yeah, he, yeah. And he turned he around doing. or spelled it. Yeah, at which yeah. point the uh, the Hemel captain came over and explained to the referee, he'd just been booked for descent and kicking the ball away. Oh, he's been booked for kicking the ball away, hadn't he? He was already yeah. in a bit of a rambunctious mood, wasn't he? He knew exactly what he <laughs> was doing. Um, funeral of David's story this week. Uh, Giorgio Chiellini spoke incredibly well after the... Uh, uh, after the Spurs game. Um, he's probably incredibly well in English. I didn't know this, but he's got a master's degree in business, apparently. Uh, he's a very well-educated man. Um, the scenes in Fiorentina were very touching as well with the fans uh, and players turning up to pay their respects. Yeah. Um, has anyone seen some of the debate this week about David Astori and the way, the, the way that it was reported? Yeah. Well, I mean, of... yeah. Very the... clickbaity. There was a right. There was a rush to. I think there was a false story that was spread about that Fiorentina going to continue to pay his salary for life to his wife and children. Apparently, that was started by one Twitter user, who then deleted the tweet, but it got picked up and and run with, uh, which puts Fiorentina in a pretty awkward position. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah There's a lot it of is. talk about like how how it was presented. You know, um, it just said like breaking you know that it wasn't very sensitively yeah. reported um there was a lot that i saw there was one newspaper that um really there was a tweet saying um you'll never guess the awful news that mateo damian has woken up to this morning right clickbaity oh, stuff like that yeah uh, that was really bad. yeah yeah and the daily mirror didn't cover itself in glory yesterday um tweeting a picture of uh and saying Mario Balotelli has turned up to pay his respects to David Astori's funeral. It was a different black man. Yeah, that always happens. <laughs> that, 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 that always happens. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also in terrible news this week, 18-year-old Thomas Rodriguez, who plays for Ligue 2 uh, Team Tour, has been found dead as well this week. So did you? do you do much testing in your... University, Justin, how does this work? Yeah, because I'm sure yes. these players are tested to a very high level, aren't they? They are. Um, 
unfortunately, some of the congenital heart issues that that end up being um, responsible for, for these tragedies don't. You can only test in utero for those. Yeah, they, they, there isn't. They don't. They don't really. Um, there's no symptoms, and they don't uh, leave any markers or anything or, or hints that that until it's too late. Until you know, until something like this happens, unfortunately, and I haven't. I haven't heard the details of the second one, but it wouldn't surprise me if it turned out to be something like that. There, there are there are enough athletes out there. There are enough footballers in the world that this happens every so often because a certain percentage of the population does have these these congenital defects, which then strenuous exercise tends to exacerbate and, and manifest. It's, it's, so yeah, we, there is there is testing to the degree that you can do it. And screening so that you hope you find these things. We've I've had I was involved in a side where during that sort of routine screening they found a player with blood clots um, in the legs. And had we got on an airplane, which we were scheduled to do fairly fairly soon thereafter, could have turned into a life threatening situation. Um, so they do they do find some things. Um, I have a friend who in her second trimester we acted together and they did just a routine ultrasound they found a congenital heart defect in the baby they did um intrauterine surgery so she had one surgery when she was pregnant and then as soon as the baby was born they did another one they closed the hole and the baby persephone um is fine now but what they said to her what the doctor said to her was that um had they not found this in utero um they would not have known. And then had she become a dancer, an athlete, something like Justin said, any kind of strenuous activity would have caused this leakage to happen. So again, like, you know, at, PSA here, but if, you know, if you're pregnant, um, not you guys, cause that would just be a whole nother weird PSA that, you know, Chris and Justin, <laughs> if you guys were pregnant, like get thee to a doctor. Um, but if you're pregnant, just ask for, you know, uh, a sonogram or an ultrasound on the baby's heart in the second trimester. And they'll check that out. That is pretty amazing. They can do in utero surgery. Yeah. I'm, imagine, imagine telling somebody that I'm going in for surgery. What are you, what are you having done? Oh, it's not me, actually. It's not on me. Yeah. It's this person yeah. that I'm carrying. Um, yep. Who saw, uh, this is only come on the BBC website today, but Ryan Bertrand just spoke very well on the BBC website today about the facts uh, about the Grenfell disaster and the fact that he do you guys hear about the Grenfell Tower yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah okay so he went in in the days afterwards um when we were set, there were soup kitchens being set up and uh, aid was being delivered he turned up and he um gave his time for a week or so afterwards uh because he was born and raised in a town block and he said he knew exactly what these people were living through and going through with red tape from the local council and everything uh Dejan Lovren has blamed his bad form on what um, being a terrible defender. No, um, uh, a bad batch of oatmeal. Ugh. It could have been. It wasn't what he mentioned at the time. A, a series of attempted break-ins at his family home, he has blamed. Has this that has always been happened? An issue. This has been an issue in the past with certain clubs that Generally shall remain. Un- exactly. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to say that, but it has been an issue, hasn't it? I, I mean, that's pretty unsettling if you're, you know, a player from a different country and 
I know he was yeah. in Southampton, but now he's come and settled in Liverpool and been broken into a few times. I, I wrote about it in the book, um, was broken into a couple of times when I lived in Hertfordshire, and the first time they came into my bedroom uh, while I was in it. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. The second time I went downstairs and there were muddy footprints all over the living room and the VCR was gone. And, yeah, so I was young and dumb enough that I didn't really let it affect me too much. But if I had a family, um, that would have been different. I would have felt much more threatened and and much more unsettled. And, and I think that's a fairly legitimate uh, – I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, no, I think, yes, there's been a series of break-ins when Liverpool players have been playing in Europe, haven't they? Um, and their rooms have got broken into. Who Did you see the guy that broke into Duncan Ferguson's house? Yeah, he got beat up. Yeah. Two guys. <laughs> Two guys, wasn't he, it? <laughs> sat, and he sat on them and waited. You know, I, I, my friend, a friend of mine played with, with Duncan Ferguson, and he's got some great Duncan stories. I was at the yeah. game where he got sent off um, for fouling Stefan Freund and then tried to throttle him before he walked off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, and Graham Arnold has been named as the new uh, Socceroos manager for Australia. He'll take over in August 2018 after he leaves his successful spell at Sydney FC. Um, some fixtures this weekend. Uh, what have we got? We've got in Germany is Dortmund versus Frankfurt and Mainz versus Schalke, who are in second place. Uh, in France, top place, top, hold on, top place PSG place Metz. Uh, Strasbourg, it's late, isn't it? Strasbourg are (laughs) home to Monaco, who are in second place. Right, Italy, there are games back on this weekend after they were postponed, or some were postponed last week for David Astori's uh, death. Um, Napoli are top on 69 points ahead, point ahead of Inter. Napoli are away to, uh, point of, for God's sake, right, Christopher, come on. You could do it, you could do it. I could do it. In Italy, Napoli are a point ahead of Juventus, who are on 68 points, and Napoli are away to Inter this weekend. Now do that five times fast. <laughs> I don't think I can anymore. <laughs> I, slept th- I slept for two and a half hours this afternoon. That's the problem. Oh. Um, Juventus are home to Atalanta. Jesse, is the Flying Donkeys derby? Yes. Are you aware of this? No, but now I'm worried about animal abuse. There are two teams in Verona. Verona's a lovely place. You ever been to Verona? Um, when I was in Romeo and Juliet. I was going to say there was a yeah, there's an amphitheater there, but there's also the balcony where a person who didn't exist <gasps> once stood. Uh, and there is a yeah, a statue, and you have and to fair t- Verona where we lay our scene. Yes, and you have yeah. to touch Juliet's breast and have your photo taken with her for some. Reason. I do not have to do that. Well, there's a big queue of people doing it, and I think it brings you luck or fertility or something like this. Wasn't she thirteen? Yeah. Not in this statue yeah. she wasn't. She was very Pamela Anderson like in this statue. Okay. Um But she was on a balcony for yeah, you look up at this balcony for someone that didn't live there anyway because they didn't exist. I don't know why they think it's her house. Yeah, that's strange. Well, I think that people are dumb and that might explain it. <laughs> well I yeah, I went there. <laughs> more and more. You know what's interesting, Chris? People probably more people think she was real then believe Shakespeare was a real guy. I, I've encountered people who didn't realize that William Shakespeare himself was not a character in his in his works or in classical literature, and, and that he in fact was an author. Oh, superb. I've encountered these people. Yeah. I've been I've been to his birthplace. I've been to Stratford, so he was definitely there. Yeah, and and Hathaway's. Cottage. I didn't touch his breast though, because that's rude. <laughs> 
Um, no, there's a big theory, isn't there, that either he didn't exist and he was nom de guerre, or um, he stole the plays off of somebody else. Not that he stole the plays off of somebody else, but that he plagiarized or used a lot of um, work from his contemporaries. Who yeah, seems... there's, there's some there's some academics that have dedicated their career to trying to, to either prove yeah. that or, or just to or disprove get, or giving disprove it, you know it, yeah, giving yeah. credit to Marlowe or giving credit to Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are also academics who spent their entire career dis- trying to disprove the Holocaust as well. So it's like some kind of, of you come up with some yeah. crazy idea and you make a career out of it. So you know. Yeah. Um, who's seen Looking for Richard? Have you seen that film? No. no. Really, really good film. Al Pacino takes on the role of Richard III and um, tries to sort of get under the skin of the character and visits lots and lots of famous thespians. It's a really, really good film. You get to watch it. Um, but back to... We're trying to make thespians illegal in this country. I oh, no, that. wait, that's something else. <laughs> I'm all about the thespians. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, back to Verona. So you've got Hellas Verona, who were always the sort of main team in Verona uh, for years and years and years. They've been the biggest team. Chievo are from a small town outside of Verona. It's a very tiny place. They got, uh, they're on the verge of being promoted from Serie B about sort of six or seven years ago. And the Hellas fans were singing Donkeys Will Fly in the Streets before Chievo get promoted. And lo and behold, they did. They did. Donkeys flew? Oh, no, Chievo got promoted. Okay, yes. better. Yes. All right. So, yes, this is the Flying Donkeys Derby. It's a, it's a nickname <laughs> that they've embraced. I like that. Yeah. And in Scotland this weekend, small matter of Rangers versus Celtic. Nah, nothing can happen. No. It's so peaceful. Did you ever go to watch one of those fine. in Scotland, Justin? No, I never got to go on to, to, to go to one in person. When I was in Scotland, of course, that, that, that derby had a, a much greater uh, significance and, and certainly level of play. Um we know that, that Scottish football hasn't really been able to keep up with the money in the game, and so it's not what it once was. But it's 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 the derby I most associate with genuine hate. There's you a go. Go Genuine hate that extends far beyond just football. Yeah. There was a great documentary. Um, it was on the BBC here. I don't know whether you might find it on Netflix or something. But it is... Um, it's set in Israel, and it's about Beitar Jerusalem, uh, who got very right-wing uh, ultras, um, yeah. Jewish ultras, and their big rival with Benin Sakinin, who are the uh, Arab team in the Israeli league. And when those two meet, it's not fun. Uh, I would think. So. Yeah. And they signed two Chechen Muslims, did Beitar, and yeah. um, and then got rid of them. And then got rid of them after one of them scored. Uh, but yeah, he scored and got booed by his own fans. Um, mm-hmm. They the, set their clubhouse on fire. They set their clubhouse on fire. The Beitar director got death threats and had to move out his house. It's a really good documentary. So I mean, it's, it's really good as in fascinating to watch, not great as in look what happened here. Right. <laughs> uh, and next week, it's the Super Copa final in Argentina, just in between. I don't know. A river in it? Yeah, and the other team. River and Newell's. No, keep going. Don't know. Boca. Who is it? Boca. Boca. They're quite a big oh, team in Argentina. Of course, of course yeah. Look, <laughs> it's, a, it's not a good time to be a River fan. We, we had two, two and a half spectacular years, and that came to sort of a shuddering halt about six months ago, and it's been a little bit of a disaster since then. Justin, I'm actually kind of excited about this one because there are a lot of Uruguayans. There are a lot of Uruguayans. There are, yeah. It's for yeah. Anne Naita Nandes, who I just yeah. love so much and was so sad when Peñarol sold, sold him, is on Boca. And I 
Yeah. Why? Volca? Justin, why do people hate Volca? I don't even know how to, like... I mean, Volca have have benefited greatly from a supposed romantic club of the people sort of image. They... they, they uh, pl- bear a large share of the burden of, for inventing Bar Brava culture in, in South America. They're violent. Um, people get killed a lot. People get killed, and they're also they're the, also those Bar Bravas are, are uh, multi level marketers. I mean, they, they've they've exported that whole thing. They've, yeah. they've you know they sell La, uh, La Doce T shirts and all sorts of memorabilia and. There's a lot I don't of know. I mean, stuff I'm a, during I'm a, the dictatorship. I'm a River fan, so I've got my own reasons. But but they they they're they just sort of um, milk the trendiness of of their international support that's based on. And, you know, Diego Maradona played one season with Boca uh, before he went to Europe, um, and they lived on that season and milked it for an awful lot. They're not um, alone in that, though, are they? I mean, the 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 Barrio Brava culture there must be. They're not the only team in Argentina to have that, are they? No, they're not. But they 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 were theirs was pretty notorious. It was run by a couple of brothers, the Dezio brothers, and um, it, it it would they had ties to organized crime. Um, they had very good relations with the club. I think that's something that that that, that set them apart is that the club provided them with tickets. Um, Willingly, or or was it? Give it was take... an Eastern European style relationship. Like the club benefited yeah. from it, it was symbiotic. They benefited, yep. the club benefited, and so they just condoned what was happening. But they didn't yeah. say, "Give us some tickets, or we'll make your no. life unpleasant." No, the no, club was, the club was complicit in it, and uh, what the club got out of it was the atmosphere that that they brought to the matches and the intimidation the factor, the money yeah. that the, the yeah, and so. Um, I mean, they've had great players down the years, and they've got a good team right now. They've um, had great success. It's yeah, annoying. I have. <laughs> uh, who saw the uh, Seska fans tifo um, this week as the, in the Europa League match versus Leon? Didn't see it. I saw that. I saw a picture of it. Yeah, what it was, was it? It says that Bergen awaits you, uh, which is a reference to the fact that when Napoleon marched on. Moscow uh, and was turned oh. round again um, and was turned round again they uh, found themselves at a bit of a bottleneck uh, which was a bridge a place called Berezhin over a river um, and Napoleon's army got trounced there by the advancing Russians can't wait for the World Cup this year can you hmm. 98 days so <laughs> World Cup corruption yeah just think if you win one game if England win one game Chris you will have doubled your total from the last two World Cups combined <gasps> I can't wait for for this. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. No, it, it it's not. It won't be. It won't be. Come uh, on, Uruguay plays against Mosala. That is going to be horrible. But we fun. have to get your friend on then. Yeah, I'll write to him. We have to get him on because normally during the World Cup or the Euros, we do one every sort of three or four days. So I'll write to him. Get, yeah, we have to get him well, on. Well, both of us will be in full. I told him he had to. He had to make my face up like the Uruguayan flag and and he'll he'll be in full drag regalia can't wait to see that um back to the Premier League what's from Albion versus Leicester City at the bottom uh this is the Jeff Horsfield derby he was a hell of a player wasn't he Justin he was um 
I think he's the only person to ever get cancer but sort of kick its ass and make sure, made it wish it never turned up in his body, I think, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, who was the player a couple of years ago who had testicular cancer and then came back? Mm-hmm. What's Stylian Petrov doing? He's doing okay. He had leukemia. So Adam Stansfield died of cancer, didn't he? I remember that because yeah. Exeter retired his shirt. Uh, testicular cancer. Oh, I know who it was. It was Jonas Gutierrez, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I was also thinking of Eric Abidal, but that was his liver, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Danny Sturridge, Johnny Evans, and I, I thought I'd written Barry Davis, but Barry doubts. Uh, Gareth Barry, there's doubts over him. Um, oh. <laughs> John Watson's retiring. This is his last weekend, isn't it? It's it's time. It's I was, time. I was always a Barry Davis fan more. Yeah, I like John Watson just fine, but I, I hear him. He doesn't do games live, does he? I don't think they let him do that anymore. He just does the games for match of the day where I, I, I believe they deny this, but it sounds to me like they know the result, and, and then they record commentary over the highlights after having known the result already. No, I because think there's a, there. you, there's really cool. There's some coincidences down the years with match of the day where you, the commentator will say, like, could this be the moment for... Mo Salah to get an equalizer with his left foot tucked in at the near post. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're doing tarot readings like Chris. Yeah. yeah. They they certainly used to be like that, but I think they show football focus now. They show the sort of commentators at the grounds at football folk. But yeah, that was certainly an accusation thrown at match of the day, sort of 10, 15 years ago. Days. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um... West Brom are down, really, aren't they? They've got a. We've talked They're about terrible. this last. Yeah, we talked yeah. about this last week. They're done. This is yeah. the most played fixture in the Premier League history without a home win. Um, one thing for West Brom: if games finished at half time this season, they'd be thirteen points better off. I mean, if I will tell you that what my grandmother says: if I had wheels, I'll be a. I'd be a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you true. sort of can't go on that. No, that's true. Uh, okay, uh, Huddersfield versus Swansea. This is a six-pointer still down the bottom, isn't it? Yeah. These two managers met in the playoffs last year when um, Huddersfield beat Sheffield Wednesday on penalties. We've got Huddersfield on 15th place on 30 points. Swansea are in 13th place also on 30 points as well. So, um, Huddersfield have not scored in 15 Premier League games. That's the most of any team this season. And Swansea under Carvajal have scored 14 in nine games. Previously, they'd scored 11 goals in 20 games. So you can see what could be the difference for both those teams here, can't you? A goal. A goal. (laughs) Normally the difference between winning and losing, isn't it? Yes, frequently. (laughs) Uh, There is a a commentator who... who, Do you guys know Shep Messing? Justin Ewood, because he was a goal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he does just such terrible commentary for the Red Bulls games. And it's a lot of like... If you were the Red Bulls, what you need right now is a goal to win this game. <laughs> like he makes these just horrible pronouncements that are so obvious. But you're down one. You need two goals. <laughs> if, you, if you buy a book of football quotes and look at what commentators have said written down in a book, if you listen to what they say, it's normally okay. But if you read written down in print what they've said. You think, what on earth was the thinking behind that? (laughs) This is worse because you're listening to it and you think the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, look, Palace next. They're away to Chelsea in the Neil Shipley derby, Justin. Um, If Palace win, they do go level on points with uh, Huddersfield or Swansea if if either of those two teams lose. Um, 
Zaha, Wolf Zaha has a possibility to come back for Palace. Both these teams had negative results against the Manchester clubs last week. I think in particular um, Crystal Palace because they were 2 0 up, weren't they? What's that going to do for your team, Justin? If you're 2 0 up and you lose 3 2, it, what does it make you feel for the next game? Yeah, that's difficult because you, you feel like it's it's points that were within the within your grasp thrown away. Um, I mean, uh, a, a, a well managed side will use it as motivation and bounce back and, and turn in a good performance, have a have a reaction, all those all those cliches that you hear. Um, it's amazing that you can be we're talking about these sides in thirteenth place. They're still in the relegation battle. Um, we still have enough games to go and the points are so tight that that you're only a few points from safety all the way up to tenth. Mm. And so um, it's inter- it's interesting because we don't have a, a title race and we're starting to even lose our top four race, uh, battle for top four. And so um, uh, relegation is always interesting, but it generally is just the three teams down the zone with two or three drawn more. We could have seven or eight teams involved this season. I find relegation fascinating because these are the teams quite literally sort of fighting for their lives. And you can see yeah. what happens with a lot of teams that get relegated not only do they struggle to come back up, but in a sort of personal sense, they have to lay off non-playing staff and things like that. I find relegation far more interesting than um, than sort of like a top four battle or something. You guys should yeah. have it in so your league. more relies on it. Yeah. We should have it in our league, yes. You're right, we should. Is it going to happen? Uh, it's, it, it's possible <laughs> one day, but, but there's, there's, big, there's corporate resistance to it, big money resistance to it, so... Possibly not. It would definitely make the league more competitive and exciting. It would. It would. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so who are going to go with this one? Is this a home banker for Chelsea? I mean, Palace could be the second ever team in the Premier League after Blackburn to win three straight away games at the bridge. Um, you can't trust Chelsea. Today. No. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, I, I know a lot of supporters feel that way about their club, but I mean, Chelsea I- for a support one of the big top six clubs that the ability to lose at home to bottom half teams this season you never know no i'm gonna give it to chelsea both because ryan's not here to say that everything's gonna be okay but also Mm. yes you can't trust them but also on on that same side of the coin they do have this impressive ability to just put their heads down and pull out every stop and when that happens, there's virtually no stopping them. And that tends to happen after they flamed out. And they flamed out against Man City, and I think they have so much proof. Well, I mean, they should have a lot of energy left <laughs> yeah. after that. They should. They, they didn't work very hard against Man City. And that's the thing. Like, I think they st- they now are still on that, like, you know, sort of comeback from that. <laughs> okay. Hope for their sake that is true. I don't. Oh, yeah. But... May, they keep, may they keep spiraling. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Uh, Everton versus Brighton in the Warren Aspinall derby. Um, both these teams are safe. It's mid-table, mid-table respectability thereafter, isn't it? it yeah, be, I think uh... Brighton is still trying to find that that foothold in yeah. the Premier League. Brighton and beaten in five, and um, Glenn Murray's got five in five. Can you imagine at the World Cup, uh, Glenn Murray getting a, a, a last-minute quarter-final winning goal for England? No, I cannot imagine. That. <laughs> you get knighted. Sir Glenn You can't imagine that at all. What what's, what's, more realist, what's more unrealistic, the quarterfinal bit or the Glenn Murray at the World Cup bit? Uh, the Glenn Murray at the World Cup bit is a little bit more. Uh, you, again, Chris, we've got one win in the last two World Cups for England, so I, <laughs> I'm not ready to say quarterfinals just yet. 
I don't think we won a knockout competition. Um, Belgium, 1990. 1990, that's it, yeah. No, uh, it was Cameroon. Cameroon, 3-2. But yeah, we're yeah. still going back sort of 27, 28 years, aren't we? Yeah. We're going back a fair way. Listen, 66 could always happen. Yeah. I can't think of anything as old as going back to 1966. <laughs> no, 1927 is older. Just to pick a random day. 1990s uh, pre-Ryan. I was born in You were, weren't you? Along with Maldini and Eric Cantona. <laughs> Along with Maldini and Eric Cantona. That's right. Good year. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, Southampton, and the Alan Shearer derby. Um, Southampton have beaten in their last four, but that's one win and three draws. Um, but they scored in their last 12 matches versus Newcastle. Josalu, who every time I see him seems to accidentally kick a football rather than do anything particularly on purpose, uh, he scored 33% of Newcastle's goals at home this season. Isn't that not a great stat? Not particularly. I mean, Mitrovic is on fire on loan at uh, Fulham, but it doesn't seem a particularly good stat. No. Um, if the goal to- total is 33% of... 40-odd goals at home, it's not bad. But when it's 33% <laughs> of 12, it's not so good. <laughs> no, they are two points clear of Palace. They're in 16th place, uh, two points clear of relegation. Or oh, Southampton are underneath, actually. So this is um, 16th versus 17th. Yeah, I mean, these are, again, this is like this is this is genuine relegation battle stuff. These are six-pointers. Yeah. This is We've got a lot of those coming up, and, and, and there's still a month and a half to go. We're getting to Fergie's squeaky two time, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, in the Premier League, it's West Ham versus Burnley in the Ian Wright derby. Uh, Winston reads out for the season for West Ham. Um, but they've won five in seven in the Premier League versus Burnley. Uh, and they're looking for home back-to-back wins for the first time since December 2016. So, Burnley, we keep saying, somehow seventh but never score. Uh, West Ham are now up to the giddy heights of 14th. But they're still mm. in that relegation battle, aren't they? Well, one bad well, result was sent back in. two last time out, I think, didn't they? Um, they did, didn't they? Two goals, yeah, amazingly enough. I think it's the West first... Ham is so frustrating. West they had to be, be told so after much better. Goal, they had to be told that they, you have to go back into your half now. <laughs> <laughs> the restart comes at midfield, not not from a goal kick. Yeah, you're right, Jesse. How do you feel as a West Ham fan at the moment? How would I feel? Yeah. I, I would feel confused and annoyed. Yeah. Um... Because this is not where this one should should be. Where should it be? In West Ham. No. Um, Um. They should. They they could be mid table. I mean, this is. They know how to win. We've seen them do it, and they know they could be scoring more than they than they than they are. They should be where Burnley are up in seventh. Yes. Yeah. They should be Burnleying. <laughs> is that a verb as well, is it? <laughs> Everyone yes. should Burnley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep calm and Burnley on if you want to be very annoying American about it. Uh, right, well, that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup. Guys, have you got AOB at all? I have one AOB. Got it. Arsene Wenger says that he got a phone call of support oh, boy. from Sir Alex Ferguson. Did he, though? And I, He did, and... I, and um, I believe it, and I think it's a, a wonderful gesture by the old man. But I really miss. There have been no. There have been some attempted managerial squabbles in recent years. The, the Conte Mourinho one from this season, and they all are just kind of sad and pathetic. Mourinho Wenger 
was really great because they were titans. You know, we have to remember that Wenger once was that. He once was a yeah. titan of the game. And and they absolutely despised each other. And Wenger, if you remember... Mourinho Wenger uh, or Fergie Wenger? So, so, sorry, you're right, you're right. Fergie Wenger. Yeah. Um, I did say Mourinho, you're right. I meant Fergie. Um, if you remember the quote, Wenger once said, I, I will never speak of that man again. Not just to him, but of him. Of him. <laughs> of him. And that relationship began to, to thaw in Fergie's later years at United when Arsenal became less of a threat and essentially not a threat at all. Um, and 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 now apparently they're, they comfort and console each other. You know what I take away from that? Is that all these old male managers are just breaking their word. He said he would never speak of him again, mm. and he did. And what's his face who said he would quit? And he did, and then he came back. If you're going to say something... Then do Stick. the thing. Yeah. Stick to it. But isn't reflection and uh, changing your mind part of growing as a human? Muhammad Ali said, "If you t- if you show me a man that believes the same thing as fifty as he did as twenty five, I'll show you a then man you who has Then you are Donald grown. Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe he should be the next manager. No, okay, let's not. Manager of Spurs. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, I have annoying AOB. Got him. Okay, so I just pulled this up. Um, Football Aid, which is a very worthwhile um, organization, uh, charity, charity football matches in the UK, Europe, and USA, they are um, hosting matches on March 24th. The first one, Football Aid 2018, playing at Toyota Park, Saturday, March 24th. Game one is Chicago Fire. Game two is USA. Which all sounds very exciting until you look at the um, registration and it very specifically says men only in the registration. Interesting. Yes. So. um, I think you should raise a stink about this, Jesse, via social media. A number of people have have been stink raising it said you will see and it says event participation this is a male only event now again this is for charity it says the game will allow fire fans the chance to pull on their club's jersey and capital letters live the dream all charity funds um will benefit the foundation so uh when people politely stunk raised um they said that um, in accordance with the rules, their charity matches, they, they can only host one game. So my question is, if that's the case, why not have a mixed gender game? If for some antiquated reason you do not believe in mixed gender games, then why is the default men only? And that's my stink. Discuss. Weigh in. I would ask how many World Cups have the U.S. men's team won compared to the U.S. ladies team? Oh, I don't answer. Wait, I don't answer. None. It's zero. It's many. It's no. So would I be right in assuming that maybe the women's national team is bigger than the men's national team? Well, this is for fans to play and raise money. I will also say that the um, ratio of women to men in terms of MLS fandom 
is about equal, if not weighing more on the women's side. So if you're looking to, I don't know, raise more money, say, you are not appealing to any particularly larger fan base by by going to the ones that have penises. Well, speaking as a man with a penis, Justin, yeah. as I'm sure you also do, um, I can't see any justification for it, can you? No, no, I, I, I don't know how, it, you know, in this day, there's people still so clumsy that have control of this. I can understand a large organization, there's some relics involved and dinosaurs who don't think about these things, but uh, to actively put that clause in there means, uh, you know, I mean, someone must have signed off on it. Someone had to write it. Someone had to publicize it. And evidently everyone was okay with it. So it's disappointing. Uh, but they're getting blowback for it, and that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think mixed, it's a charity match. I don't see any problem with a mixed gender. No, there's not. There's not. There's no problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Well, Justin and the guys will be back on. Uh, not Justin. Matt. Sorry. Are you, are you back on Sunday with the other show? Not on Sunday. <laughs> no. I am available, funnily enough, but, yeah. but uh, I won't be there. Okay, uh, well, Matt and the guys are back on Sunday to review the games that we've been previewing. Um, we've had an extra show out this week. Did anyone listen to this? This is the Justin the interview with Justin Wally I did. He is uh, the coach of the Matabeleland football team. Matabeleland is a region of Zimbabwe, um, and uh, he is the African director of Kenifa, which is the stateless nation's governing body. Um so we have a podcast that's been out with him. That's available on iTunes, Acast, or from the website. Uh, if you subscribe through iTunes, it will automatically fall into your inbox. Uh, if you subscribe through Acast as well, the same thing will happen. You can also click on the link from the manonthepost.com. Um, Justin, if they want to follow you, how do they do that on Twitter? Um, keepers Union with the dreaded underscore between Keepers and Union. Okay. Jesse, if any uh, gammon-faced old white men want to tell you you're wrong about your charity match, how do they do that? I welcome that. It's at Jesse Loesch. Chris, how do they follow you? They can follow me at cettingham77. Uh, we've got the Instagram account, at Man on the Post. Man on the Post is also the Twitter account as well. As we say, manonthepost.com is the website. Keep your eyes peeled and all these will fall fantastic for you for you to listen to in your ears. Uh, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.